It's Thursday, October the 15th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Thailand bans protests and YouTube tries to ban misinformation. First, the world in brief. Thailand's government declared a state of emergency and banned gatherings of more than four people following recent, largely peaceful protests in favor of restoring democracy and imposing checks on the power of the monarchy. Several of the protest's leaders were arrested. The emergency decree was to maintain peace and order. That seems to include putting the squeeze on press freedoms. France imposed nightly curfews in Paris and eight other big cities to combat a quickening rise in COVID-19 cases. Violators will be fined €135, $160. Europe's seven-day rolling average of cases per million outstripped America's for the first time since the spring when testing was limited. Even so, infections in America are rising in more than 40 states. New figures from Eurostat suggested that Europe's manufacturing rebound was running out of steam even before COVID-19 infection rates began to increase in recent weeks. Industrial production in the euro area rose in August by a lower-than-expected 0.7% month-on-month, and output is still down by 7.2% compared with the same month in 2019. YouTube, Google's video platform, expanded its rules against content that promotes misinformation and conspiracy theories about the pandemic. It will now ban clips peddling falsehoods against vaccination and which contradict the World Health Organization. Separately, Facebook and Twitter both blocked links to a shaky-looking New York Post article purporting to dish fresh dirt on Joe Biden's family. Three of America's largest banks revealed third-quarter earnings. Thanks to frothy revenues from trading and asset management, Goldman Sachs' earnings per share almost doubled compared with the same period last year. Profits were the highest since 2010. Profitability also grew at Bank of America and Wells Fargo, which had fewer credit write-downs than the previous quarter. A Greek court handed down hefty prison sentences to leaders of Golden Dawn, a fascist party deemed last week to be a criminal organisation. One was given life plus 10 years for his involvement in the murder of a leftist rapper. Six others were sentenced to 13 years imprisonment. The party, once the third largest in Greece's parliament, no longer has any seats. And eight countries, including America, Britain and Japan, became the first signatories to the Artemis Accords, an initiative by NASA that establishes a set of principles for the sustainable and peaceful exploration of the moon. Those countries will now participate in the Artemis program, which aims to send two astronauts, one of them a woman, to the moon in 2024. And now, here's today's agenda. Dueling town halls. Biden and Trump don't debate. The second debate between Donald Trump and Joe Biden was scheduled for today, but after it was switched from an in-person event to a virtual one in response to Mr. Trump's COVID-19 diagnosis, the president withdrew. 
His campaign manager called the change a sad excuse to bail out Joe Biden, though the format would have reminded viewers of Mr Trump's illness and his failure to control the virus. Instead, the candidates plan to hold separate but simultaneous town halls, fielding questions from voters in different cities, Mr Biden in Philadelphia and Mr Trump in Miami, on different networks. This will allow voters to tune in to the candidate of their choice rather than seeing the two compete head-to-head, which will probably redound to Mr Biden's advantage. Mr Trump, trailing in the polls, needs to change voters' minds. A third debate will afford him the chance. It is still scheduled to take place on October 22nd in Nashville. Health margins. Walmart joins the insurance industry. The world's biggest retailer will jump into America's health insurance market when it launches Walmart Insurance Services today. The new venture will act as a broker between insurers and People on Medicare, a government-sponsored health insurance program for those 65 or older or disabled looking for supplemental private health care plans. It is easy to understand Walmart's interest in the market. United Health Group, the country's largest health insurer, generated a third of its $242 billion in revenue from Medicare-related plans in 2019. In particular, Medicare Advantage plans, government-approved private alternatives to original Medicare that are among those that Walmart will broker, are booming. The Congressional Budget Office, Congress's non-partisan number cruncher, expects enrollment to swell from 34% to 47% of Medicare beneficiaries in the next decade. Walmart claims its agents can help consumers find better deals than they would get otherwise. The company hopes its reputation for low prices on everyday items will help attract their attention. False Summit. EU leaders discuss Brexit. European Union leaders meet today in Brussels for a summit where they will discuss the state of post-Brexit trade talks with Britain. Although Boris Johnson, Britain's Prime Minister, once fixed this meeting as the deadline for a deal, the leaders will probably conclude there has been insufficient progress and call for negotiations to intensify. Chasms remain over state subsidy rules, dispute settlement and, above all, fisheries, with France's President Emmanuel Macron insisting that French fishermen have full access to British waters. Both sides say they want a deal, but trust is lacking. Each expects the other to make the necessary concessions. A real deadline looms. An agreement must be signed in early November to be ratified in time for the end of the transition period on December 31st. Although the EU believes that Britain would suffer most from no deal, Mr Johnson insists it would be a good outcome, thereby making it more likely to happen. Not another one, South Africa's recovery plan. South Africa's economy lacks many things – skilled migrants, foreign investment, jobs – but it does not want for plans. Since apartheid ended, successive governments have published Forrest's worth of documents detailing how the state will supposedly drive development and transform the country's fortunes. They have amounted to very little. And the pandemic has battered an economy already reeling from its second recession in two years. So, when Cyril Ramaphosa announces his recovery action plan in Parliament today, South Africans will have every right to be sceptical. Its ideas will be familiar. Reform ESCOM, the failing state-run power utility, build new infrastructure and create lots of jobs. 
The problem is twofold. The South African state has rarely shown itself able to administer sweeping reforms and there is little money to fund grand schemes. On October 28th, Tito Mboweni, the finance minister, will update Parliament on the dire state of the public finances. That, not another document, is the crucial moment. One-hit wonder? The frenzy over K-pop and big hit. Shares of Big Hit Entertainment, the company that represents BTS, the world's most successful boy band, began trading on the Korean Stock Exchange today. The firm's initial public offering, massively oversubscribed by both institutional investors and hardcore fans, raised around $840 million, putting Big Hit's valuation at a cool $4 billion. The IPO has already made BTS, who are shareholders, and their producer a pile of cash. The share price doubled today, a dynamite debut, you might say. Still, the jury is still out on the firm's long-term value. The success of BTS, whose popularity has helped spread K-pop globally, seems unlikely to abate for now. But the band currently accounts for nearly 90% of Big Hit's revenue. Its seven twenty-something members may soon have to take a break to perform military service, which is still mandatory in South Korea. Until Big Hit comes up with another big hit, the company's future will depend entirely on the loyalty of BTS's fans. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Friedrich Nietzsche, who was born on this day in 1844. Plato is boring. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.